Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I want to share with you a little bit about the story of um, Oscar Schindler. And we found out my family, I was married to Walter Schindler, who was brought to the United States in the 60s. You know, Oscar Schindler was never allowed to immigrate to the United States because he was a Nazi. He went to Argentina, where a lot of the other Nazis went. But God eventually brought the Schindler family to America. And that is a really wonderful story, how they were befriended by American Army Sergeant Alton Hurd, who in effect adopted our family bus to the United States. And uh, when the movie came out, we learned that there was a, a, a connection, a family connection. We were given two genealogy passports. So these are something that Hitler required every German and Jew to produce of their family lineage going as far back into their um, to the baptismal records or the synagogue records as possible to trace to see if they were, had any Jewish blood in their family line or if they could be qualified to be Aryan. So here we have these two documents endorsed and signed by Hitler himself. These passports were kind of a prelude and a, and a, a big a shaking to me when I heard about the vaccine passports because these passports were necessary for, for people to have an official position and to do many, many things in Germany under a Nazi socialism. Uh, we also got the Arbeitsbuch, the workbook. You had to have a, a passport, a book in order to go to work. You had papers, uh, you have to have passports and just a number of things that would, um, all kinds of documents, all kinds of, uh, of that time, high technology in order to trace and identify who was who. But we also got something really wonderful and amazing, and that was the Schindler Family Bible. And this precious Bible was letter pressed by, uh, um, and has some, the New Testament that Dr. Martin Luther translated himself when the, when the original scriptures that was given to the people for the first time in their own language, in German, they could read God's word. And um, this Bible was printed in 1751. So it was handed down through the family. And the word of God kept the Schindlers. Um, and we feel that for, because of the righteousness of one family member, a distant relative cousin, cousin, not one person in the Schindler family died during World War II. In fact, the whole household was saved. The whole household was brought to the United States where we became also born again from Catholicism and then became pastors and leaders. And here we are today. And I'm married to a wonderful governmental leader, Dr. Jim Garlow, come here. <laughs> now he's a righteous, a righteous among the nation for sure. But um, the story, what you see in Schindler's List is all true. It's based on the testimonies of many who survived and, um, and they asked me, was it like this? And the survivors um, always say, yes, but much worse. You could not portray the horrors. In fact, I had documentation I was gonna share with you because um, we commemorate this day as 
um, a, a memorial to the Holocaust because our U.S. soldiers liberated the mother of the death camps, Dachau um, concentration death camp in Munich on this day. But the Jewish people also remember that on this day, that was in 1945, on this day in 1941, Jews in Warsaw rose up to fight back against the Nazis' attempts to incarcerate, to persecute, and to kill them. The Warsaw Ghetto Uprising was a heroic effort of the young Jews to defend themselves against so many atrocities and injustices. They were successful amazingly for a long period of time, but eventually the Germans did um, destroy them and uh, they're commemorated also on this day. So I want to um, share with you a little bit about um, the life of Oscar Schindler. He, he had a factory in, um, in Poland, and then he moved it to Czechoslovakia, his home, always with the purpose to save his workers, to protect them, to ensure their safety. And he had a choice to make. He could have gone along with the popular opinion, the fake news, the propaganda of that day, and believed that the Jews were worse than vermin, that they were a plague and they needed to be destroyed. And, and there was no purpose in him risking his life and his family's life to try to help or save them at all. But he made a choice and he wasn't a religious person. He was a Catholic businessman. He was alcoholic, he was a womanizer, he was not the religious example that you would expect. He was like the good Samaritan, the Samaritan that came by and helped the Jewish man wounded on the side of the road and spend his old money to see that he was cared for, while many of um, the others just turned the cheek. So they referred to him at the, where his factory as a haven, as a paradise, they saw him as a type of Messiah, type of example of Christianity in what it should have always represented to them. And, and at this time, we really, really feel to call Christian believers to that destiny, to be joined with the Jewish people as as one-on-one, -on -one, as brothers and sisters, to aid them right now in, um, in, in protection and speaking out on their behalf, aid Israel in its, her restoration, that the shakings are getting stronger and the times are more treacherous. And the winning combination, the winning combination are Jews and Christians standing together, the, the one new man, those of us who can are a greater multitude than, than the Jewish remnant, but can pray, we can call on the Lord, we can seek him, we can give financially. There's many, many things we can do. We can go to Israel. We can stand with his precious brethren for the Lord said, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, my Jewish people, and Schindler called them my, my Jewish children, you do unto me. And so this will spring a supernatural outpouring of God's favor upon those that remnant of believers who will be willing to stand with the Lord and what he is doing in this hour. So this is why it's it, we're so grateful to you for helping the Jews from Ukraine come home to Israel to um, 
honor and lift up this name of the Lord in the sight of all nations and honor his name by saving his people and bringing them to their true refuge, the land of Israel. And for this reason, Oscar Schindler foresaw that one day Israel will be the safe place for him and for Christians. Just like Corey Ten Boom, she foresaw the same thing. She said, someday the most dangerous place that they call now the land of Israel will be the refuge because God will supernaturally protect and honor his people the way we have seen him do even in our day. So we're going to share some clips with you. Um, it was on, it was on, um, one is Ludmilla Page, and she was uh, a a worker in um, Schindler's factory, she and her husband. And they're the couple that went to Beverly Hills that, uh, that survived and went to Beverly Hills and opened a luggage store that gave the message, the story of Oscar Schindler to Thomas Cannoli who wrote Schindler's Ark and then to Steven Spielberg who made the movie. So we'll watch a brief uh, testimony that she has given of some things that Oscar did in the factory to help his workers. From the beginning, Schindler tried to do everything possible for us to make our life more comfortable. We didn't have very many clothes. I mean, we didn't have any clothes, only what we had on. So he managed, I think he allowed our men to steal some wool from a neighboring factory, which was kind of already uh, empty. And, and uh, I mean, um, you know, they, they were not working anymore. Probably people left it. And so our men got that wool and they made also on the machines and the factory knitting needles. And the woman started to knit sweaters and uh, little uh, mufflers and so on, you know. So uh, then uh, men wanted to smoke. There, I don't know how, but they got uh, hold of some next door also from some onions, and they were burned, they were really smoking the onion leaves, uh, skins. Uh, Schindler, as far as food is concerned, all the surrounding areas were being slowly evacuated. So it was very difficult even for the Germans to get the food. But somehow, he got food. We were, we were not, <clears throat> we were always hungry, but not like in Auschwitz, you know. We were hungry, but with with hope for a better tomorrow. We He tried to always uh, give us a little piece of bread. I had a, a bunkmate who was a, really a master in cutting the pieces of bread. She cut it, I believe, in 13 very thin slices. The, piece was like this. So I used to give my husband about eight and I ate the five because for me it was enough. He was bigger than I was. So so that was Ludmilla Page, just a wonderful, wonderful woman and her husband. And they, they honored Oscar so much by um, telling his story and seeing that even to the book and the movie was made. And it was on this day on Oscar's birthday, April 29th, 1945, that he, uh, the war was ending, the Germans were defeated and the, the camps had to be uh, evacuated. But 
just before, as the Germans knew they were defeated, they gave orders to all their officers to go and to use whatever remaining ammunition they had or whatever way to kill all the Jews that were incarcerated in the camps. That was their last act. I mean, they had gone completely demonic because they left fighting, fighting the allies to destroy the Jews. This is how evil it was. So here, um, um, the commandant had been instructed to take his shoulder, soldiers and just shoot down all the, the Jews in Schindler's factory. And he made a, a heroic effort, saved their life. And now he realizes as a Nazi, he is the one who's going to be a refugee and have to flee because um, the allies are coming in. They've liberated Dachau. And as a Nazi enemy, he would now need to run for his life. But what happened, if you saw the movie, if you can watch it to the end, you'll see how the Jewish people, they had such virtue and honor and they taught Oscar so much about the kingdom of God. They, just, they said, we are going to uh, do everything we can to save your life. So they made covenant with him because our, our faith, a Bible faith is a covenant faith. They gave him a ring. They gave him a letter of an endorsement. They put upon him their own striped garments so that by their stripes, he could be saved and he could be identified as being Jewish, which he was. So this is his message to his workers and to the soldiers just before his departure on his birthday in 1945, April um, 28th. The unconditional surrender of Germany has just been announced. At midnight tonight, the war is over. Tomorrow, you'll begin the process of looking for survivors of your families. In most cases, you won't find them. After six long years of murder, Victims are being mourned throughout the world. We've survived. Many of you have come up to me and thanked me. Thank yourselves. Thank your fearless stern. And others among you who worried about you have faced death at every moment. I'm a member of the Nazi party. I'm a munitions manufacturer. I'm a profiteer of slave labor. I am a criminal. At midnight, you'll be free and I'll be hunted. I shall remain with you until five minutes after midnight, after which time, and I hope you'll forgive me, I have to flee. I know you have received orders from our commandant, which he has received from his superiors to dispose of the population of this camp. Now would be the time to do it. Here they are, they're all here. This is your opportunity. Or you could leave and return to your families as men instead of murderers.
memory of the countless victims among your people, I ask us to observe three minutes of silence. So sometime tonight or tomorrow, observe that time of silence in memory of the six million, just like Israel will at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. And um, it's also appropriate to light a candle and remember that what happened to the Jewish people could happen to us could happen to the whole world. And, and we want to say never again, but to know that we do have friends in the Jewish people and to begin to work to bless them, to help them right now, to seed into the land of Israel itself and to honor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth in their eyes. And um, so God used this simple example not a religious person, but he gave them an example and a hope that one day Messiah came and he's coming again. And you see that Oscar Schindler was Catholic, that he um, made the sign of the cross, the blessing. And the reason we know all these things is because of our precious friends, also like Sila and Hadassah Bao, whose parents were right there alongside of Oscar right there in the very treacherous Platzau concentration camp and then in his factory and worked to help save many, many Jewish people themselves. And they became friends, they became family. And Svila and Adasa um, are his granddaughters. Oscar didn't have children, so he adopted all his workers, especially the, the Bao family and their children. And they, of course, embrace him as their grandfather. And so we're going to um, hear a little bit more about this um, story. The reason we're taking the time to do this is because this is what happens in Israel all day from tonight till tomorrow. No regular television programming is going on. Um, the people are listening to testimonies. They're commemorating, they're remembering because our God is a God of remembrance. And this is purposely um, takes place just a week after Passover in order to bring the past into the present and also to prepare us for the future. So I think- Because of the fact that the hours difference uh, we taped this a little bit ago because it's the middle of the night in Israel. Yes, three So we'll go to that uh, rather remarkable tape. Uh, remember just uh, the two daughters, the, the daughters of uh, Joseph and Rebe Rebecca Bowles who were featured in Schindler's List that were in the concentration camp. Anything more we wanna say before we go to that? Well, maybe we'll just, we can have someone pray. I don't know if Mary Beth, if, if you can pray in, in between, um, going to the next video. Go ahead, Mary Beth. Mary Beth is, knows the vows and has been many times. Oh, uh, Rosemary, you asked me to pray for, um, pray for the vows. Pray, yeah, pray for the um, Israel. Pray okay. for Christians that we never again would be 
Germany, the most Christian nation, Catholic Lutheran, turned in to commit the greatest atrocities against God's people. We, the, the enemy made us enemies instead of what he fears the most, that we would be friends and we would be the example that a few like Corey Ten Boom and her family, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Raoul Wallenberg, many, many exemplified. So we have those examples, but we want whole nations to take yeah. on this alignment. Yes. Well, Father, I come before you humbly today. Oh, Father, we thank you for this time that we can come together in your aligned calendar on your aligned clock. We thank you, O oh God, that you are a God of remembrance. And in Hebrew, the word yiskor means remember. I saw where a rabbi said there are over 225 places in the Bible where the word remember is used. And so today, Father Anyam Hashoah, we are so grateful we remember the old, the in innocent. We remember those who survived by your hand. We're grateful, Father, for the nations, for the righteous among the nations at that time. As Rosemary mentioned, Oscar Schindler, Raoul Wallenberg, Father, Joseph Bau, who saved many. Thank you for the Ten Boom family. And Father, we pray, oh God, that you will raise up righteous in the nations at this time in history to continue to stand with, to walk alongside of, to provide shelter for your people, oh God. As many, uh, many of the gifts were mentioned at the beginning of the call by Rosemary Father, we ask you to stir hearts, to stir spirits, that more, oh God, from the nations and more nations will rise up and take on your righteous mantle, Father. And even if this means that we have to suffer ourselves, you have given us an example through your son, Yeshua Messiah, who laid down his life and said there was no greater purpose than to lay down your life for a brother. Father, I'm remembering the words of Corey Tenboom, who you provided a bookkeeping error to free her from the camp. And Father, her words at the end of her life were, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. So we're grateful today that we'll be able to hear from the Bow sisters. We thank you, God, for planting survivors, planting these teachers who can show us strength and fortitude in the face of the greatest evil, oh God. And yet, but God, you were by their side. Just as your presence and your provision, oh Father, we remember from the Exodus. Father, we remember with grateful heart, oh God, how you preserved Joseph and Rebecca. Father, and you made it possible for the state of Israel to be established. A place, O oh God, for the teaching, for the growing, O oh Lord, and for the coming together of Jew and Gentile is now a reality. And we pray for your grace for this to continue. Help us, O oh Lord. And I pray this, O oh God, over 
um, Salila and Hadassah and Father over your people from Isaiah 44, 21. Remember these, O Yaakov and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant. Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. Indeed, please look, we are all your people. So Father, as Ruth said, when she said to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And she honored and worshiped you, Yahweh. We say, um, Israel, hi. We seek your grace and we give you the highest praise on this day for your steadfast love, which endures forever. And we pray this, oh, Hashem, in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 Well, now let's go to this video that was taped uh, a little bit ago. Well, we're very excited to have special guests with us today that you have met once before a few months ago, but you're going to get to meet him again on this special Holocaust Remembrance Day. Rosemary, why don't you introduce the special guest we have today? Well, we are very privileged and honored to have friends, Svila and Hadassah Bao, the daughters of Joseph and Rebecca Bao, the couple made famous in the movie Schindler's List. And not just for that reason, but because of their great heroism and efforts to help save Jewish lives in the most impossible situations of all times during the, the Nazi Holocaust. And Svila Nadasa um, live in Tel Aviv, Israel, and here they operate and host the famous museum dedicated to the story of, the, of their family, the Bao family, and um, the miracles that God provided to help them survive and to bring them home to the land of Israel. So Svila and Hadassah are with us tonight. They're good friends of the World Prayer Network and well-versed in my organization Schindler's Ark. And we're happy to bring them to tell you firsthand what it was like during the Holocaust. And the reason we are um, commemorating and telling you this is because April 28th this year is Yom HaShoah, um, the day of the Shoah, the day in um, that means disaster and catastrophe and destruction, the word Hebrew word Shoah. We know it as the word Holocaust, but um, it is a, a memorial day every year right after Passover in remembrance of the over 6 million Jewish people who were murdered during uh, World War II and the other victims and heroes. So here on our, our Hebrew calendar, if you have one of these, you'll see it marked Yom HaShoah, the, the Jewish Memorial Day. This was the day that on the Hebrew calendar that Jews in 1941 rose up and resisted the Nazis in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. This is why it's chosen on the Jewish calendar. And not by coincidence, not by chance, this year it also coincides with the secular Gregorian calendar, April 28th, 
the day that the Dachau concentration camp was liberated by the US allies. It is also Oscar Schindler's birthday. He was born in 1908. It would be his 114th birthday. And it is also the very special Memorial Day of Rebecca Bow, Svilan Hadassah's precious mother, who passed on to heaven, who um, um, died on this day. So it, it is a great reminder from the Lord to us all of the holiness and the specialness in this story, always to be reminded and remembered. So we are very blessed to have Svilan Hadassah in person sharing the testimony of the Holocaust. Okay, so today we are uh, dedicating our uh, PowerPoint presentation to Oscar Schindler, our grandfather, and soon you'll know why. <laughs> so this is a painting that our father uh, painted Oscar Schindler uh, when uh, he came to Israel. He used to come to Israel uh, every year almost, yeah. right? 17, 17 times. times, yeah. And uh, one time he told our father, uh, I want you to paint me. And he came to his studio and he said, paint me. And this is the painting. And uh, uh, today, uh, here is Oscar Schindler coming to Israel. And in the airport, uh, people were uh, welcoming him. And this is our mom giving him always a box of chocolates and Oscar Schindler. And uh, like Rosemary, you said, it was a very, uh, it's a, this year, it falls like uh, exactly on Holocaust Day, our mom's passing, Oscar Schindler's birth and Holocaust Day. This is such a triangle that it's uh, hard to, to even to, how do you say, even to explain. And it's going to be uh, 25 years since our mom passed away. Uh, we will just start with uh, something short that I think we already saw before, but uh, this is a logo that my father signed and uh, actually no one knows what it means. Uh, and if you turn it on its side, you see that it says bow in Hebrew letters, but he always put it like that. And we were always surprised why, but we didn't ask. And only after he passed away, we found out that he was the main graphic artist of the Holocaust, uh, of the Mossad. And he forged documents for the spies. And also when uh, the team went to catch Eichmann and to bring Adolf Eichmann, the Nazi to Israel to be trialed. And the Mossad didn't allow our father to be famous. And uh, if I tell you that uh, our father was a forger of the Mossad and he was a very secret man, I have to go back in time and tell you a little bit about his life. Uh, now something very interesting. I don't know if you know that many Holocaust survivors didn't talk about the Holocaust because people didn't want to, uh, uh, and he, this book was also 
translated uh, into Polish, uh, our father wrote, translated into Polish uh, and in, in English. This is the book in English. And uh, uh, when our parents came to Israel, met the people who lived here and worked in the Holocaust didn't want to hear about it. And, uh, and slowly, slowly, the survivors stopped talking. And uh, our parents said that it's their duty to talk about the Holocaust, even though people were saying, stop talking about the Holocaust. And they said, no, it's our duty. We have to talk about the Holocaust because what will happen in 50 years if someone would get up and say the Holocaust didn't exist. Uh, so it's our duty not only to talk, also to write. And he wrote his memoirs, even though it cost his health even. He was hospitalized five times, but he said, I have to do it. And, and he wrote his memoirs in this book, Dear God, Have You Ever Gone Hungry? And here he writes everything. And this is so important book. Even he wrote the book with sense of humor, which is unbelievable. Yeah, and someone told him, how dare you write in sense of humor? Because he was a person with a lot of sense of humor. He said, because I, first of all, I'm allowed to, because I was there. And second, it's my, uh, this way, everyone will be able to read the book, even kids, and he was right. It's a book that it's, uh, you read and you, and you laugh. It's a black humor, but you laugh. And everyone will know in the world actually what was the Holocaust because today is so much anti-Semitism and from day to day even the book is more and more important. And he paints there, all the paintings, the art that he paints there. So our father was born in 1920. In September 1938 he started studying in the University of Art, and uh, by the end of the year, it was already May 1939, the professor who was teaching them Gothic letters came in and said, uh, today I have to teach you something not important, if you don't want, you don't have to, and our father was the only one who studied it, and those were Gothic letters, and uh, this actually saved him, because when they took him and his family to Ghetto Krakow, and everything that you see in the drawings, the paintings, everything our father did there. This is the drawing of the ghetto. And, and the, the Nazis were looking for someone who knew to write in Gothic letters. And our father was the only one. So actually the art saved his life. And he was working, why I'm laughing, soon you'll hear. He was working in the German police, in the Jewish police, in the Jewish underground, in the Polish underground. And Adassa and I, we are always laughing because we said the Nazis were looking for spies everywhere. If they heard someone in the forest, they ran to the forest. And they had a spy in their own office and they didn't know. Joseph Bau yeah. was the biggest spy. <laughs> and he was telling the, he was transferring all the information he heard to the uh, Jewish um, underground. And the Nazis didn't even suspect him. And uh, what did he do for the Jewish underground? He forged documents and he saved in the ghetto hundreds of people. Uh, later, it turned to be thousands. 
And uh, one day they came to him from the underground and they said, Yuju, Yuju is like a Polish nickname for Joseph. You saved so many people. Why don't you save yourself? And he looked at them as if he didn't even understand what they said. And he said, wait a minute, but if I run away, who will save the others? And stay till the last day, even though he could have saved himself. But he didn't. For him, it was more important to save other people. From the ghetto, he and his family, except his younger brother that was already they murdered him there. And uh, our father uh, told in the movie, the way they murdered him was that they uh, stood all the kids, he was 13, in a line, and then they killed them in one bullet. Like he said, they were even, they didn't want to um, uh, waste bullets, so they killed them in one bullet. And from this ghetto, they were transferred to Plaschau concentration camp. This is also a painting that our father painted there. And uh, they heard, the Germans heard that he was a graphic artist and they started uh, using his talents in the office. And he actually drew this map of the concentration camp. He was the one artist in the ghetto, in the Plaschow concentration camp and later in Oskar Schindler camp. And when he drew this map, uh, through, because of this map or thanks to this map, he met our mom and they, uh, they, uh, uh, they met inside the camp and um, they got married secretly there. And the wedding is shown in the movie Schindler's List. And this is uh, their, uh, the painting that he did. It's our father, our mom, and our father's mother. It's even hard for us to say grandma because we never had a grandma or a grandfather. And uh, she was the rabbi's mother. Right. <laughs> and here we have uh, a small part from uh, the movie Shinner's List. See that, that there is no sound. And this is our mom. That uh, she was, uh, she did the manicure to Amon Get. He was the commandant of the camp. Just take a look at this dog that you see here. Soon we'll tell you a story about terrible, this dog. Terrible man. He was a horrible man. He was a sadistic man. He killed people just for the fun of it. And this is the secret wedding in the Holocaust. Although I'm not a rabbi, in these circumstances, I pray to the Almighty that he will forgive me 
if I intone the blessings. There were only women, because it was in the women's camp. Yeah. Because our, our father got dressed as a woman and smuggled himself. Here in the movie, they gave him a kippa, like on the head. There wasn't even one kippa there. Here is our parents beside uh, Oscar Schindler's grave. Our mom, our father, he played our father, and she's a... Rosemary, did you hear something? We can hear, we had the sound and everything. It was quite moving. Yeah, wait, we... Yeah. One second, we have to see what happened because we have a short interview with our father. Did you read? Oh, This is our father. And this is our uh, mom who is giving manicure to the commandant, Amon Get. Uh, who was a horrible, horrible man. And the sadistic man, take a look at the dog that you see sitting on the floor soon, will tell you something about it, about. And we, we thought that she was afraid to do it, but believe it or not, she wasn't afraid. She even wanted to kill him. And this is the wedding. Although I'm not a rabbi, in these circumstances, I pray to the Almighty that you will forgive me if I intone the blessings. Now you see our parents here beside Oscar Schindler's grave, putting a stone, taking a Jewish tradition. The actor who portrayed our father and the actress who portrayed our mom. And uh, our mom, wrote we found after she passed away we found out diaries which she wrote she called it in the name of god and in the diaries she wrote secretly she wrote how she saved a lot a lot of people and we had no idea and um, when i told you take a look at the dog uh, it was a known fact that the uh, uh, Amon Get had uh, two dogs. One, I think, was Ralph and Rolf. And his biggest pleasure was to tell the dogs, eat the man or the woman. And he trained them that the dog 
the dogs jumped to the women's on the uh, breast and the men's in the you know sensitive area and then they beat them and they killed them and one day when uh, my our mom our mom came to give him manicure he told his dog eat her and he jumped on our mom and started biting her breast and she was all bleeding already but she grew up in a farm and her father taught her how to talk to animals and he was a doctor and a naturopath and uh, she started petting the dog's head and said good dog good dog and he left her and she knew german she knew nine languages and uh, what he didn't know that she was also a spy because whatever she heard that he was planning when she returned to her barrack she told all the women that what she heard and she transferred all the information and uh, he suspected that who is transferring all the information it must be only rebecca and he punished her in a horrible horrible way and she was very sick all her life but she always said it's because of the Holocaust. She never told us that she saved people. And also our father didn't tell us. This we found out by ourselves. And uh, one day she heard that they are making a list of people who will go to Schindler's camp in Czechia. Now our parents weren't, didn't work in his factory in uh, Plaszow. So, uh, he added uh, 300 people, I think, uh, to the list of 400 people. And she uh, heard about it. And she went to one of the, to the his name was Pemper. He was the secretary of uh, Amon Get, the Jewish secretary. And she said to him like this, listen, you owe me because I saved your mom. And uh, so he said, right, she told me. And he wrote her name on the list. And she said, listen, I'm not afraid. I know I will survive. But please save my husband. And every time we tell it, we get so emotional because they knew each other for such a short time. And she gave her place for our father. And she was sent to Auschwitz. And our father was sent to Schindler's camp and this is the list part of the list and here you can see Joseph Bau a grafiker Zeichner that he was and he was born uh, June 18th 1920 and she didn't tell him for 40 no 50 years that she is the one who saved him and why, by coincidence she blurped it out he said to her how come you didn't tell me and she said, because I didn't want you to feel that you owe me anything, because I did it from love. And uh, by the end of the war, he found her by a miraculous way. They returned to Krakow. And he said to her, you know, our first wedding was without a rabbi, without food, without any music. You know what? Let's get married again, officially with the rabbi and everything. And this is a wedding picture from 1946. But they wanted to have a picture also from the first wedding. But of course, they didn't have cameras in the camp. 
So he painted stripes, and here you see both weddings. Now, in the camp, our father didn't only save by forging documents, he also saved by writing poems, by telling jokes, by, by making special cards to make people, to give them hope that life will continue. And this is his book that we translated into Hebrew, the tiny little book of poems that he wrote on cigarette buds, and it's called The World and I. And uh, we made like a case that uh, on one side you see our mom's book, on the other side our father's book, and underneath we hid the tiny book that our father, uh, exact copy, how he did it in the camp. And uh, this is the book in uh, Polish, Shviat Ya, which means the world and I. And here we just uh, brought you some uh, uh, two examples of uh, of the tiny book. You, today you need a magnifying glass to read it and the paintings. And here we have a very short interview with our father that is talking about Oscar Schindler. פגשתי אותה מול המשרד והיא ראתה שאססמן הוביל אימא של פמפר ופמפר זה היה מזכירו הראשי של גט הוא ידע לכתוב במכונת כתיבה אחרי זמן מה היא שמעה שהוא עושה רשימה לשינדלר אז אמרה לו שמע אתה יודע אני הצלתי את אימא שלך, תצילי עכשיו את בעלי. היינו כבר בעל, אישה, אז הוא הוסיף אותי שם לרשימה אחרון, כבר לא היה מקום יותר. אצלו היו אלף שלוש מאות יהודים במחנה שלו, עבדנו שם, עשינו פצצות, אבל לא פצצות ממש, רק הייתה קופסה לפצצה. ויום אחד, כבר לא היה מה לאכול, אכלנו כל הסוסים שמתו מרעב, ואני ירדתי ככה בחדר המדרגות, החזקתי את עצמי בידית של איך קוראים לזה, לא חשוב. ירדתי לחצר, ואני רואה שחופרים בור. ידעתי מה זה יכול להיות בור הזה. מה, מה זה? זה שיהרגו אותנו ויחסלו שם. אז שאלתי את האנשים, מה אתם עושים? לא יודעים. פתאום בא שינדלר, נותן לי בקבוק בתוך הסל כזה, איך קוראים לזה? יש אולי שם. והוא אומר לי, אני דיברתי איתו פולנית צ'כית כזאת, שפה די מותשצ'יני, תן לו את השתן. לא ידעתי למי ומה זה שתם פה בבקבוק הזה. אז הוא אמר לי, טוב, אז הוא ישב... על מי הוא הצביע? על שם ישב את הקומנדיר של מחנה שלו. איך שמו? לייפולד. ואני עליתי למעלה, שמתי לו על השולחן, 
Herr Schindler hat das geschickt. Schindler schalaglichkeit. So this is part of our father testimony uh, that he gave to uh, um, Steven Spielberg's archives. Here you see our father working on the table that he worked in the ghetto and he found it after the war and he worked on it all his life. Um, our father got a, a certificate of Jews who saved Jews and also our mom. And we are very proud of them because they risked themselves very much for doing it. And uh, it was much harder than for people who weren't in the camps to save people because they lived outside and they were inside and they risked themselves every day. Miracle that they alive there, miracle. This painting, our father painted in Oscar Schindler's camp and it was folded and he gave it to a museum uh, in Israel. It's called Mordea Getaot, Elohamea Getaot, sorry. And, uh, and he, 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 it was folded and he kept it on his body. That's why it's, a lot of parts are torn. Uh, our father gave a, a special kind of a book that he made with his uh, woodcuts for Oscar Schindler uh, when he came to Israel. And he said here like to Oscar Schindler who saved me. Uh, from Joseph Bau, and today it's uh, in Yad Vashem. This is the painting of Oscar Schindler. Here we have an interview with the judge, Hanan Meltzer, for the Supreme Court, and uh, but it's in Hebrew. Uh, we'll just, we'll tell you a bit, like he's... But because it's in Hebrew, so I will just tell you that uh, he says here how his father was together with our father in Schindler's camp. And our father was the right hand of Oscar Schindler. And he did for him everything he needed, all the forging, uh, all the, like that's how he, he helped Oscar Schindler save all the 14 or, or a thousand or, th or 1300 people, thanks to our father. And we heard many, many more stories. We hear from people how he helped Oscar Schindler save all those people.
Here I'm five years old and uh, I want to tell you the story like when we said Oscar Schindler is our grandfather we grew in a neighborhood that there were no uh, Holocaust survivors our parents were the only ones and they uh, our parents were talking about the Holocaust so we were talking about the Holocaust and from a very early age we did and the neighbors used to come and tell our parents tell your daughters to stop inventing such horrible stories and our parents said but they are not inventing everything is true but they didn't want to hear but we we, we, we continued and there was one boy in my neighborhood whose grandfather was in a wheelchair and all the kids made fun of him so many times he said he's not my grandfather like he was very ashamed but I knew that he was his grandfather and one and there was another girl his, her grandmother was a bit weird and the kids made fun of her so, so she said no no no, she's not my grandmother but I knew that she was her grandmother and uh, I always used to say I don't care to have a grandfather in a wheelchair or a weird grandmother just to have because we didn't have not grandfather not grandmother not aunt no uncle nothing and then Oscar Schindler came to Israel and my parents took us to meet him I was five then and they took us to the hotel where he was and on the way they told us how he saved all the people and what a hero he was and everything and we came to the hotel and he picked me in his arms, raised me up and said, I'm your grandfather. And I remember looking at him and I said to myself, oh, finally, I have a grandfather. And what a special grandfather. He was so such a hero. And such a handsome man and so tall. And I couldn't wait to run to the to the kindergarten on the next day, tell all the kids that I have a grandfather. And I came on the next day, it was raining, it was horrible, I remember. But you know, we as kids, in, in the days when I was young, yeah, it was just, what, 10 years ago, right? <laughs> so the, our parents didn't take us to the kindergarten or school. We walked by ourselves, back and forth. And the, the teacher asked, uh, kids, what did you do on the weekend? Do you have to what do you have to tell us? And I raised my hand and I said, I have, I have, I have. And, and she said, Slila, what do you want to tell us? And I said, I have a grandfather. And everyone looked at me and said, How come you have a grandfather all of a sudden? And they started laughing. And I said, You don't understand. Oscar Schindler. And he was a hero. And he saved uh, twelve hundred Jews. Sorry, sorry, for for fourteen hundred Jews. And, and they didn't understand what I'm talking about. And I told the whole story about him. And then when I finished, the teacher said, Slila, come here. And I remember it like today that I, re I was thinking to myself, she's going to yell at me because I'm talking about the Holocaust again, but I don't care, I will continue. And I come out and in the end of the corridor, I see my mom was sitting completely wet because it was raining and she had towels on her head 
on her lap, she covered with towels so I could understand she was sitting there for a while and she was crying. And I ran to her and I said, mom, what are you doing here? Because she never came to the kindergarten. And she said, it started raining and I wanted to bring all the plants. She was growing a lot of plants on, in the yard to bring them home that they won't get ruined by the rain and the door slammed. And we had on the windows bars and I was always so skinny that I could go through the bars. And, uh, and I came to pick you up so you can open the door for me. So I said, mom, how come you didn't call me immediately? Because you are sitting here for a while. She said, no, you're talking about Oscar Schindler. I didn't want to disturb you. And I said, mom, but why are you crying? She said, because I'm so proud of you that you are talking about the Holocaust. And please continue. And we continue till today. Uh, when Oscar Schindler came, you see Oscar Schindler and Adassa in an exhibition of Adassa and our father every year. They had an exhibition together. Not every year, every, every time they had an exhibition, Oscar Schindler came to the opening to open it. Here is a, yeah, our father is not in the picture because he was a photographer. Here is our father talking when Oscar Schindler came to Israel. This is Oscar Schindler and our father. Here we have a collage of a few paintings of Oscar Schindler with our mom, with our dad, and, uh, and our Adassa. Here is our mom beside the Oscar Schindler's grave. And uh, this is the funeral. Look how many people came to honor him. And here on the left, you see our father. He was always the photographer. Uh, when uh, my par our parents went to, they went, our mom went six times to, to a court to give a testimony against Nazis who killed uh, Jews that she saw. Uh, in one court, when they went in Vienna, our father got a uh, very high blood pressure and were, he was hospitalized because he was hospitalized. Our mom was hospitalized too, but here it's before the trial. And uh, he was in the, in the hospital there. And guess who was taking care of them? At that time, Oscar Schindler was living in Vienna and he heard that they, my parents, our parents were in the hospital. And he came every day and he took care of them for five weeks till they got better and they were able to come back to Israel. And he brought them fruit and, and you know, very interesting story that our father, all the people who were with him in the room were ex-Nazis and he could understand what they were talking about. We killed Jews and we did this and we did do. And they didn't know he was Jewish because Bau is a German name. And then our mom, after, I don't know, when she felt better, uh, she came to visit our father and they were talking Hebrew. So the people in the room said, uh, what language are you speaking? Where are you from? And our mom said, we are from Israel. And we came to be 
witnesses in a trial against a Nazi and will make that all the Nazis will be caught and go to jail. And our father said to our mom in Hebrew, don't talk like this because they are ex-Nazis, they killed Jews, they were just talking about it. I said, no, I'm not afraid. And then after she left, they came to our father and spoke to him in German, but he pretended of not understanding. And he said, and they said to him, whatever you heard us talk about, we didn't do it. No, it's not us. We read in the newspaper. All of a sudden, they were afraid of uh, my father and my mom. Uh, this is our mom. She was always, always laughing. Uh, she told our father, photo me, take a photo, picture. I want the whole world will laugh with me together. And even that they were so mad on the world that they didn't do anything to help five and a half years to the Jewish people. So what they wanted, all world will be happy, we love, and we laugh. That's what they were. And here we just brought you a few paintings, like our father said that the Holocaust was like a chess game, one wrong move, and it was a checkmate. And if you take a good look at it, you see uh, that there are no white squares. It means the white could not play. The black symbolized the Nazis, and the white are far away. And who, who do they symbolize? The world, who did absolutely nothing, stood enjoy and didn't care at all. We're happy even because what Hitler said, we're going to finish all the Jewish in the world. Even one Jewish man, we're going to clean our globus from the Jews. And, and the world say, okay, because they didn't do anything. So, we are afraid even today, you know, that the world is doing absolutely nothing to, uh, if God forbid something will happen to us, but I hope won't. Uh, the world should think about Israel. Um, okay, we brought you more things here, but uh, like he said, the, the entrance was through the gate and the only exit was through the chimney. This is the oh. world who wanted to help, pretended to pretend, like. pretended to be like to help, but they wanted to look, they had no eyes, they wanted to hear, they had no ears, they wanted to talk, they had no mouth. They did nothing. The world said, we didn't know what they didn't know. Five and a half years, six million Jews, no one know anything, no one. Okay, I'll just go quickly through the paintings. Uh, those are the cards our father did. Uh, in the ghetto, he wrote Agadah for Passover, believe it or not, but he writes everything, what is happening to them. Uh, in the, and we, in the, in the Lela Seder, in Passover night, in the dinner, we read the regular Agadah and this Haggadah that our father wrote. And we have this in English and we can send to you yeah, too. Yeah, right. This is our father and his family, his mother, his father, 
his younger brother that was murdered and is a, also a bra younger than him, a, a Marcel, his brother, who survived and lived in uh, New Jersey. All our father family was murdered, only this Marcel, and all our mom family was murdered. She was alone. And here our parents, after the war, after they reunited and look at them, they were always so happy. This is a really, really unique story. Uh, here is our father took a picture of us. This is our father, our father in his studio that today we turn into a museum. And it's a very, very unique and special museum uh, that uh, it's the only museum in the world that combines the Holocaust and uh, our father was the first animator in Israel and one of the first graphic artists. And behind you see all the fonts that he created to all the Israeli movies and uh, his research about the Hebrew language. And today uh, we are uh, in a very difficult time because uh, they are going to this is final already. They're going to tear down the building. We don't know how much time we have left uh, in the place. And we would love very much uh, people to, uh, to, support. to support us. And uh, you can give donation through our website. It's uh, josephbau.com. And even there are, um, if you can, you want, U.S. residents can donate tax-free through this uh, uh, through this uh, link. So we want uh, to thank you so much for listening to us. And you have, if you have any questions or anything, you can of course write us. And uh, and thank you so much for listening. And we'll be very very happy for any donation. And please pray for us that we want the museum will be also on the name of Oscar Schindler. And uh, it is very, very important. Up to now, it doesn't have a museum in Krakow. This is only uh, about the Polish, what happened to them. So, uh, uh, Rosemary and Jim, we want to thank you so much. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, we can answer. That was just phenomenal. And there's nothing more important than having that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship and example. And this is what God wants from, from us. He wants us to be brothers and sisters in the kingdom that the call upon uh, Christians around the world is to aid and help the Jewish people, but not not just that. It's the Jewish people who are going are aiding and helping us. And you see the reciprocation, how it is a covenantal relationship of giving oneself to the other to save both both of us. And in the days ahead, if we're coming into treacherous times again, this is the example that will see you through God's covenant love, the pre preserving of marriage, 
the willingness to give to lay one's own life down for on behalf of someone else, even to love your enemy as yourself. All these biblical principles is why we have a well-versed ministry and the World Prayer Network to bring you the reality of the kingdom of God and how it operates in its many miraculous ways. And to share with you such a privilege to meet um, God's precious remnant, his saints living now and testifying of the uh, worst time in Jewish history and the world's history and how um, they survived and caused many others to survive. You know, this next year, it'll be 30 years since the movie Schindler's List came out. It won numerous awards because its message was for the whole world. So I encourage you to watch Schindler's List this today, tomorrow, this week, at this time. There's no accident that God is reminding us on this specific date. It's significant and it's life-saving message for you, your loved ones, for Israel, the Jewish people, and the whole world. I want to thank you too. You, <clears throat> I've heard you speak many times, been with you many, many times. Uh, but this was really exceptionally tender and special. It gave us a, a glimpse inside the concentration camp. Once again, your remarkable parents, your stunning parents. And one of the things that always amazes me about them was their fierce commitment that the Nazis, evil people, could not take away their laughter and their joy. Right. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so you're, you're, it's remarkable, their story of retaining their, their humor in the midst of that. That's quite a stunning account. Others would have gotten bitter. Uh, they instead got better. And so quite, a, quite amazing heritage. And thank you for continuing to tell the story. Your mother sitting there drenched wet, not wanting to bother you as a five-year-old at kindergarten. So you would tell the story of the Holocaust quite spectacular story because you're still telling the story uh, of the holocaust it's been a few years since you were five years of age no it was only two years <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't going to talk about age but all i'm saying is you're honoring you're honoring your parents and in your mother's statement that day and so uh, were your mother here or your father they would say to the two of you uh, we are so proud of you. And that's the voice your parents would have for us this day. They are so very proud of you. You've stayed faithful. And we just pray that supernaturally some provision come for, uh, uh, for, the, for the museum. Um, those of you watching, their museum is considered the smallest museum in the world. Now, it was never listed in Ripley's, believe it or not, because when you get listed there i think it costs something like 15 or twenty thousand dollars to get listed so <laughs> you don't get to have a lot of funds to be able to pay to get yourself in there but they're the smallest museum in the world but one of the most spectacular the original site of the joseph bow uh, work so if you would like to contribute you saw that on that a moment ago i think it was josephbow.com joseph bow b-a-u spelling josephbow.com but thank you so much. Anything you might want to say before we say goodbye? Yeah, so on our tours, our special tours to Israel, we have the privilege of, of meeting personally Svilin Hadassah 
and Haim, Svila's wonderful husband, their family, and going to the museum. So we would love to invite you this October 22nd to November 4th to join us in Israel, to personally wow. be there for a few days. We're going to do something spectacular. We're going to go to Bethel in Samaria, wow. which was a word, a prophetic word given to Joseph Bow as a little boy which preserved him through the Holocaust. He had a, a supernatural dream that God gave him and said, you are going to Beth El in Israel. And the rabbi said, my goodness, there you are a prophet. You are called of the Lord. This is a destiny upon you. And it, the word of the Lord saved him through the Holocaust and um, brought him to Israel. And we're gonna go with the Bao family to Beit El, the place well, of Heaven's Gate, where Jacob saw the open vision of heaven and the angels ascending and descending the ladder. So anyway, there's more to come. There's much more. And we're so grateful you opened your heart and your generosity to participate with what God is doing past, present, and in the future. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we we love, we love and appreciate you two ladies, and we will be seeing you in a few months. Wow, wow so exciting. Yeah, we, will, we are waiting to see you already after such a long time. Thank we you. We are family. Yeah, here is Haim. This is Haim Cohen. Yes. Haim is a, from the priestly Cohen line of, of Israel and a very skilled, brilliant man and help administrate the the bow museum and everything that we're doing and a great friend thank you thank you so much blessings on you thank you i hope you enjoyed today's episode please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned remember that well-versed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization we rely on your support and partnership Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.